0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Evolvepreneur After Hours show. I'm your host, Michelle McDonald. My mission is to help entrepreneurs make a difference and navigate the messy world of startups or relaunch, commonly called a pivot. Join me today where we dig deep with our guests and get you the best concepts and strategies to fast-track your business. Today, our topic is Why do we do what we do? With my special guest, John Farrow, who has been a coach for 20 years, working with elite athletes and businesses. He has worked to pioneer new methodologies in coaching, using the unconscious to process the client's outcomes. John is also running courses in shadow work, with personal transformation, EMF. John, welcome, welcome.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me on, Michelle. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yes, we're very, very delighted to have you. (laughs) So you have lived in the largest country by area in mainland Southeast Asia, Myanmar, for over the last Ten years. As someone whose home is in New Zealand, how has that changed for you, and how are you liking it?
1: I New Zealand's a little weak place. Probably most of the listeners don't even know where it is. Um, it's tiny. So I think there's five million people there, but we have this tendency because it's it's sort of it's further away than anywhere else to do what we call OE our overseas experience. So. Something like sixty percent of the population of the country has actually been overseas. Now, when I say overseas, they work overseas. So whether it's the US, the states, um, Europe, Britain, but they—they're not tourists per se. They actually spend spend. They they travel around. They backpack. They work. So it take they take back to the country quite a, a, a different mindset, if you like. So I did my OE. Cool, like everybody else down there. Um, and, I, and I didn't go back, and th- that was 30 years ago. So I've lived in a lot of different places. I was in France and Europe for 10 years, but the last 10 years of that has been in Myanmar and, and, and a few years in, in Thailand, which was really exciting. Myanmar, if you don't know anything, we arrived there after the last couple of months after they came out of dictatorship, which they've been in for two, two generations, since the early 60s. In the early 60s, Myanmar was one of the most progressive countries in Asia, probably the most progressive country in Asia. It actually supplied pre-Second World War. It supplied 15% of the world's oil and something wow. like 20% of the world's rice. It was it was one of the top countries in the world. It had the best universities in Asia. Um, Lee Kuan Yew modeled Singapore on Myanmar. It was really going ahead. And then the army stepped in. Dictatorship happened, and we arrived just as they were coming out of that. So it was a real phenomenal place to be because you know, one day we were followed by the by the by the military police. Um, nobody said anything on the streets. You couldn't get a taxi. There wasn't any taxis in Yangon. Yangon's nine million people. Wow. Um, and then they had election, and and Song Kyi got voted in, and it was like the dam had burst, and everybody wanted to know what was happening and going on. And, and I was lucky because of my background in coaching. The education system was so bad. I, I, I didn't understand how bad it was. It was so bad. So it was, it was educating, training. This thirst for knowledge was incredible. It was an amazing place to be working in, in business um, because I was training. I was a teacher, effectively. And they have this huge respect for the elders and teachers. Nice. Just not something we have in the west um so it was it was really rewarding being able to do that and bring in the the teaching educating but also with a coaching approach as well Um, Mm -hmm. sadly we had to leave recently because the army walked back in and took the country over so it's back in dictatorship today uh, yeah very sad after 10 years of democracy not what we call democracy but their, their form of democracy So, yes, so I'm back in England now. Okay. That's where I'm at the moment. Yeah.
0: Excellent. I am fascinated with your story, honestly. Um, It sounds like almost being in the right place at the right time, um, a space where your work as a coach and, as you stated, as a teacher, um, being something that is, Uh, inspirational, as you stated, person's looked at you in a certain light, almost a sense of reverence uh, to these types of people with these skills. Um, That's amazing.
1: Uh, Absolutely. I think I've probably been in the right place at the right time several times. Um, I've come back to England and I have the opportunity here to really advance the work that I was doing before I went to Myanmar, but also Mm. help the Burmese that are here in England, in Britain, with an eye to them going back and helping a country now, which is, is I mean, poverty is, is the average wage is $40 a month. Um, the infrastructure doesn't work. This is a country the size of Germany and France. It has a population of 60 million. Um, the education system, as I said, is so bad. Mm. But the work that I do is, it, it's, it's pioneering work in the, in the evolution. I, I asked myself that question over 20 years ago. Why do we do what we do? And lots yeah. of different forms of training sort of try to answer that. But my work came out of a, a, a genius. He's recognized as a genius in the psych, psychotherapy field. He did some of the seminal early work in autism. Mm-hmm. Um, and we work with abuse victims and, and vets, people with PTSD. And they all have a commonality um, because when an event happens, We don't remember the event, the pictures and the image, and and we remember the emotion of it. That's how hooked that event.
0: Yes.
1: And when you deal with the imagery of your fear of spiders, if you deal with the imagery of it, well, that's the conscious. That's not why you're doing what you're doing. It's the emotion. Mm -hmm. Where did that emotion come from? Autistic um, people struggle because they have an emotional overload. So how do you interact with them? You you, you, you work in behind the emotions. Abuse victims, um, uh, vets that have come back from conflict with PTSD, they can't remember the conflict, the, the incident, the event. It's just a blank wall. The conscious has protected them. Or they can talk about it in the third person. There is no emotional contact. So it's like they're telling a story.
0: Oh. So
1: they haven't dealt with it. The unconscious, again, is protecting them. So the work that I do goes in behind that and and then and then I sort of went because it's quite hard working with abuse victims, um, people with PTSD because you can't sort of go where well, you're meeting with 60 minutes yeah you know, I, I, it, it's you have to you have to work through because the work I do works on the with the unconscious so before yeah. we speak we create metaphors our mind, our unconscious mind deals in symbols and metaphors, so we work. I work with the metaphors. Well, the unconscious doesn't deal in it in, in, in our timeline. It, it deals with the patterns, the systems it puts together in its own timeline. So a session for me could ask three, four hours. Um, oh. The the work when we were evolving it, we were doing retreats, and it was real pioneer work. And I, I quite often ask coaches, so how long do you ask between questions? And they sort of go, well, some of them go, oh, two minutes uh, on my watch. Or they wait till the client's asked. And my average on a retreat with a client is about 30 minutes between questions.
0: Ooh. Okay.
1: So they will process themselves as the as the emotions, as the thoughts, as the patterns come up. They They don't need me to intervene. Now, that's the average 30 minutes. The records five hours. Wow. So I I can't do that sort of work um, just just in coaching or or um, just normally it takes I I don't, I don't I can't go and make a cup of coffee I have to hold the space mm-hmm. now. And again I don't I don't my, my my sort of area wasn't particularly abuse or or vets coming back it was elite athletes or high flying business people so why are they doing what they're doing and the particular way that i worked it started to come out for me i wasn't aware at the start that a lot of high-flying people are driven by their traumas whether it's abuse okay. or ptsd or major surgery or um and they 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 they're 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 fighting against what they don't want so they you know, on in, in a sim- simplified level, you, you, you're, you're young and very young and your father tells you you're not good enough. So the rest of your life, you're fighting to prove to yourself and to him that you are good enough to the point where you you, you get onto the national team. So again, I, I sort of pull back a bit from sort of working with elite athletes because it, it takes a lot of energy to, to deal with those levels, that level of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tend to work with business, at the moment, with the shadow work, I'm I'm coaching coaches.
0: Okay.
1: One of my great mentors said, I've got to keep an eye on the time. I don't have a clock here. How long have we got? I don't want to go over time.
0: Oh, no, it's a natural flow. We can keep going. You're good.
1: Yeah, but uh, well, you have to be careful because when I get into flow, it can go for an hour and a half.
0: So- <laughs> I understand. Okay, so what we will do, um, I really like how you were able to give us some insight into your work, uh, the clients that you've worked with, how deeply traumas impact individuals, especially those on high levels. Something that we don't think about, but it happens very often. And I'm sure even in what you stated, a lot of our, our audience can connect with that. You know, this, this constant um, need to, to prove differently and, and to show up higher because yeah. it's like, I have to I have to not be that, I have to be this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we call them away from values and towards values. Somebody like uh, Richard Branson with Virgin Atlantic, he's very okay. driven by what he wants. Elon Musk, he knows what he wants. He's driven by towards values. He's, he's got a vision, a mission he might not have it in words, but he's got a pretty good, and that drives him. But most of us are driven what by what we don't want. We don't want to yeah. struggle like our parents did. We don't want to have a a bad, an helpful relationship like our parents. So uh, most of us are driven by things that we don't want. So we live in a in a in a poverty consciousness. We live looking for things that are going to make us happy because we don't want to be sad we 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 strive for the relationship that works connecting with somebody else because we don't want to have a relationship like our parents did Mm. and I, i i enjoy working with elite athletes but i realized and especially post COVID, that thank goodness most of us don't have these deep traumas but we all still have traumas emotional events that guide and create our character we we all have these these um shadows when we're very young events happen and we learn to express our love because our parents expressed it openly with each other and we learn that and that becomes part of our ego
0: uh-huh.
1: it's something that we that was appreciated in our environment and our society and that's something that we we, we carry on with but at the same time, you know, in that same family as a youngster, I might have seen, might have got angry and my, my dad scolded me for it. So I learned to suppress it. It becomes a shadow. Yeah. Something that I probably don't know about today. I've suppressed, I've denied. So our ego and our shadows have this balance, this, this tension between the two of them. And that, that creates problems for all of us. We, we end up today not being authentic. Not being the whole person that we need to be, because we have these things that we don't want to be, that we things that um, you know. I, I have a fear of going on stage. It just it, the character that we are today, is being created by these these tensions between what we suppress and what we okay. get carried away with our our sort of our our ego, if you like. Now, when we're in our teenage years, our ego is evolving. We're testing the boundaries. You know, teenage boys will jump off the bridge into the river to see who's the bravest, just to prove themselves, yeah. and it's testing their ego.
0: Mm-hmm. And we
1: hope that by the time they're in their early years, their twenties, the, the millennial sort of age group, they've got over jumping off the bridges. But quite often, we have children running around in adult bodies. They still have, you know, the boss and the, the, the boss at the office still throws his weight around. He's still egotistical. He hasn't learned how to how to manage that.
0: Uh-huh. Now,
1: Likewise, there's a tension, there's, there's shadows within all of us that we haven't managed to integrate. So, you know, you, you, you're you talking to one of your friends or an event happens and you get angry and you you lash out, you, you say something negative or you shout at somebody or you go very quiet and you don't say what you should be saying. The sort of thing you do and the next day you go, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Yeah, they're they're the things that we've suppressed our shadows. So we all have this balance between our ego and our our shadows. And I, rather than working with individual clients with individual athletes, I, I prefer to work with coaches, whether they're coaches that are coaching other people coaching in business, or coaches that are coaching in sports teams. Because I think I was quite lucky. I was in Myanmar when COVID arrived. I arrived down there in Asia six months before we knew about it. Oh. You know, it, it was just this, Yangon is a big city when when half the people in the office have to stay home in bed with the flu. My wife went to Singapore and she came back and she was in bed. Like myself, she's quite fit, healthy, you know, she doesn't smoke. That's, she's never been sick. When she's in bed for three or four days, something's going on. Anyway, it didn't really hit down there. And then it sort of came in and because it was Myanmar, they didn't really do a lockdown. And then Mm -hmm. the army stepped in, they took over the country, we had to leave. So we got back to Britain, to England, just at the tail end of lockdown. So Mm. we didn't really suffer lockdown. Now, I don't know what it was like where you were, but in England, people were locked in their houses effectively for months. Yeah. Well. I luckily didn't really have that. But I, what in Myanmar, what I did have was lots of colleagues. You know, the army, when they come in, they weren't uh, they, they weren't nice about it. They, they they had these big barricades set up and they were shooting people. So I'm going to the beer station, to the pub, dealing with colleagues that have got PTSD. For, you know, their, their colleagues, have, have um, their friends have either been shot or thousands of people have appeared into jail. So, you know, i come to England and I'm recognising the same things. So today I would rather have an influence on a coach of a sports team who is working with 50 people, you know, an NFL coach might work with 80 people. A business coach in, in, in the UK or the US, they might have 10, 12 clients. So if I can have 10 coaches, then I'm hitting 100 people. If I'm working yeah. with 10 clients, then I'm only hitting 10 people. And, you know, we, we could sit with the psychotherapist or, or or the psychologist, but, you know, that's on an individual basis. And they're going to get us to sit on the couch. A coach, that's um, a life coach, we'll call a business coach. They can be an accounting coach. Whatever sort of coach they are, They, they their, their objective is to is to look to the, you know, a positive outcome. And really that's what most of the world needs. You know, yeah. we, we got stuck in lockdown, stuck mm-hmm. with COVID, a virus that we couldn't see, and suddenly it's like how many people lost their jobs? It suddenly became a lot harder to live. Now it's obvious today that we're now paying the cost of that lockdown. So the prices of things, inflation's going through the roof. It's it's you know, it's that's double digit here.
0: Gary, um, yeah. So
1: you know, we sort of we lived in this house of cards and we all sort of pretended that you know we could sort of afford it and I, and I was talking to somebody today and it's sort of it's modern day slavery you sort of you 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 go to school to get the job to 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 get the career to get the promotion and you're working 50 60 70 hours a week i mean the doctors i know here they work it's normal to work 60 hours a week that's what they do normally that's not extra work that's just uh,
0: wow. well you know
1: and, and then, and then you're sort of they're, they're struggling um, to, to just pay pay the mortgage and 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 have a balanced lifestyle. And well, is that that's sort of you know, you're being paid, but you're still in in slavery, really. Yeah. So we I lived guess. up to COVID in these cardboard these, these 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 card houses. These, I mean, COVID came along and it all collapsed. And I think there's this massive drive, and it's being recognised now. Um, by different psychologists, that people are starting to step up, out, up, especially the younger generation, and say, This is, I, I don't want to work my, my ass off like my parents did and, and retire at 60 and, and have a heart attack at 60, 61. I, I want to live life. How can I do that?
0: Yes. If I keep yes.
1: chasing the white rabbit, if I keep jumping on the hamster wheel, then I'm basically. I'm basically on the hamster wheel, and and eventually I will just it'll get harder and harder, and you know, and and the relationship I, I might be the one for me, but I won't look after it well enough. How Absolutely. many how many parents today have terrible relationships with their children because they don't connect? I, uh-huh. I had I was working with a woman the other day, and she, she we were talking, and she said, "Well, what do I do? My daughter comes in, and she's she's 14, and and I'm telling her she needs to go to school and get a degree, and you know." The normal thing that people my age, that's the way we were brought up. Maybe your age as well, but I think it's probably changed at your age. People are, and, and so this woman, her daughter's 14, and she goes, but Bill Gates didn't, and Stephen jo- Jobs didn't, and Elon Musk didn't, so why should I? It's true, and this, yes. poor, this poor mum's <laughs> going, what, what do I do? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this house of cards that we lived in was always gonna fall over eventually covid has just kicked it over uh-huh. so what is there and yeah. you, you might have heard of tony robbins i think he's probably the most predominant oh, yeah. motivational speaker and he had a he had a 5 day challenge a few months ago we had 900,000 people on a zoom call luckily there's just you and me he had 900 over 900,000 people on that zoom people are crying out for this sort of stuff and yeah. I'm not suggesting that you should go to him. I think Tony's fantastic. I did his courses 20 years ago and, and he'd already been doing them for 20 years since then. And I work a lot with his, his trainers that have moved on. So you could call him the second generation of Tony, if you like, people like Peter Sage, who are they're doing these these courses that are more, more up to date, more structured about what's happening today in the 21st century. And it's really about people now you know, taking back responsibility In America, do I vote for the Democrats or the Republicans? Well, you know, can't they just go to a little island in the Pacific that's about to flood and fight it out? Because really they're not doing anything much for the country except creating a a stage show, if you like. And and, and Trump's coming back. The, the, The question I've sort of asked myself recently is, okay, he might come back, he might not come back. Why does he have so much support? That's a... Nobody, well, maybe maybe Russell Brandt in, in, in Europe and England and, and Joe Rogan are asking those sort of questions, but they're a bit, bit extremely sort of off the, off the norm. You're not going to get it on CNN. or We're not going to get on CNN. CNN, constant negative news. They're not going to play sort of edgy stuff like, you know, why do so many people support Trump? And I think my opinion is that they support Trump because, well, we can't carry on the same. Okay, I don't like what he does, but at least he's different radically different. Yeah. So what are, what, what people need, to, we need to take responsibility back. And this is why Tony Robbins can get 900,000 people on his course. It's why Peter Sage can get hundreds and hundreds of people um, a month on his courses. I, I deliver one of his courses as, as uh, EMF courses.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's very much about taking responsibility back. That's where it is. I think now that's where people what people are looking for.
0: I agree. Absolutely, John. You've given us a lot to think about uh, <laughs> when it comes to, as you stated, uh, taking that accountability, right? Um, yeah. And so, of course, we want to give our audience something to think about. So in regard to entrepreneurs, um finding that balance as you said between uh the traumas understanding what they desire and and changing their perspective more towards that and less about what they want to run away from what would be your best piece of advice to them
1: well i'm I'm going to sort of go back to what you just said A, a great mentor said um you can't create a new future if you're being held by your past we all have to deal with our shadows. If I have a fear of going on stage, I wasn't born with the fear of going on stage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, where did it come from? I, I need to deal with that shadow. And it might not be going on stage. It might be standing up to the boss and saying, I, I, I deserve more money. Mm-hmm. Why can't I find the right relationship? Instead of worrying about am I brave enough to go and talk to that person at the bar because, you know, I'm attracted to them. Maybe there's a relationship. You weren't born with the fear of talking to other people. Where did it come from?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and, and
1: what have you lost? You're, you're Effectively we're playing small because we're being held back. Now it's not easy because most of us, as I said before, are, are looking at what we don't want, yes. this poverty consciousness. And I don't want to sort of think about the, the the environment because it's really important, the environment, but that's just one part. We, we have to look to moving from a poverty consciousness, what I don't want, what I can collect myself, into an abundance consciousness. I don't need to buy a new car. It's not the new car. It's the feeling of a new car. Yes. So living the wish fulfilled...
0: Ah, is what I would
1: like to ask everybody to think about. Living the wish fulfilled is instead of saving all my money to buy the new car, it's not the new car, it's the feeling of having a new car. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The feeling of the wish, living the feeling of the wish fulfilled.
0: I love that. Perfectly said, John. And then I don't...
1: Then I don't have to go and buy the new car and and uh, and go out to uh, go overseas on overseas holidays every six months or keep buying a new house or try and put somebody else down so that I can get the job climb on somebody else's back
0: uh-huh. that's
1: an abundance consciousness I always remember my 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 best memory years ago I was in a little island in the Bahamas we were just passing through and there was these kids there. Yeah. And they had this plastic ball, you know, the 50 cent plastic ball that you get at Macy's or or, uh, probably Target. Uh, And they were having a great time. Okay. If I go to New York, I've got to have the best boots and Ronaldo's uh, boots. Am I showing my age there? Ronaldo's boots and and the best FIFA football. And, you know, but these kids had a 50 cent football and they were having a great time. That's living in abundance. I get to yeah. New York, and I've got to have the best boots and the best football, and I go have the best training. That's living in a poverty consciousness because I've got to have better and bigger and faster and whatever. And we're destroying the planet. We're destroying our relationships, and we we're we're, we're we're everything's going wrong. Oh,
0: if you yeah. stopped
1: and live the feeling of the wish fulfilled, then I don't need to go out and buy things. I don't need to be materialistic to enjoy life. and if i enjoy myself what's my next line mastering relationships and the most important person to master a relationship with is yourself Mm
0: -hmm. when i love
1: myself i will attract the person that will love me rather than me trying to find somebody else to love
0: yes thank you john
1: mastering myself
0: that's three (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But they're all extremely helpful. You know, they tap into being mindful, present, uh, living in the moment, as you stated, reconnecting with our emotions. You know, uh, sometimes uh, a lot of us are not able to um, face ourselves. Right, and so you are challenging us to do that. Find the, the true core reason behind our actions, behind these wants and desires. You know, are they real, or is it is it just the emotion? Because we can get the emotion somewhere else that's healthy. Uh, and so I love that you you brought that to light for us, especially with with entrepreneurs, because some of the things that drive us or ignite us. Are not the best for us although our vision and our business are wonderful they are meant to help change the world we just have to change yep. uh the way that we're thinking to get it done that's beautiful yep. I, love it. I,
1: love it. I think if i can wrap it up by saying entrepreneurs i wish i have an age now where i can be a mentor because especially okay. for my travels around the world and, and connecting with different groups and i wish when i was younger i had I found a mentor as a as a as an entrepreneur, at whatever age, it it, it can be quite lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an entrepreneur, you can come up with the best widget, you can come up with the best mousetrap, but a unless you can sell it, it doesn't. You, it's not worth anything. But is it the best mousetrap? And having a mentor can somebody that you can just knock ideas off. Just sort of a, a mentor isn't going to say you know. You should be doing this and this and this they're going to support you in what you're doing maybe direct you in different ways give you different options because i think especially with younger younger people now because they i work with a football team teenagers here in england and they're not professional but they're 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 finishing off university and they want to become professional Mm -hmm. and i was saying right you're on the field for for, football playing 80 minutes and you can't concentrate on me in front of the class for 60 seconds without looking at your smartphone. So they can't concentrate. So as an entrepreneur, you you have to be able to concentrate. But then
0: mm-hmm.
1: obtusely, oppositely, you have to be able to out, come out and look at the bigger picture. Yes. And finding a mentor can give you such a much bigger picture of the where your product, your service can go, where it can be applied. I. I, I've I, I I was because I was sort of doing a lot of training and development in Myanmar. I got to touch a lot of people, and Microsoft and Amazon and um, Apple went in there, and they used to put up competitions for hundreds of entrepreneurs to come up with their ideas. And it was great because you had entrepreneurs there that had very limited, negligible education compared to us, um, and they were coming up with all these really great ideas off the cuff. Now most of them wouldn't work. The the one that I remembered worked. And, and it was supported with Microsoft and Apple, and as I said, Amazon, and they put in and, and it was, it was, it doesn't have to be something brand new, you know, some fantastic new app or some fantastic new product or service. But what it was, it was just an, it was an app for women in, in labor in pre, with pregnancy to get advice from their doctor or the medical services, because they couldn't necessarily all see their doctors because they're, they're, it's a bit of a distance to the doctors. So this was an app that wasn't, it was nothing special about it, except that connected people. Uh-huh. And so that's why I'm saying with entrepreneurs, with that relationship, that connection t- to finding a mentor that can support them, it would have helped me <laughs> tremendously. And I think as we get older, um, you know, sort of Retirement isn't 60 anymore. It's I mean, there's too many things to do. I wish I was 20 again because it's so exciting what's going on. It's really frustrating because you know, I don't have another 50 years, maybe 45 years. Um, but yeah, as an entrepreneur to be able to give you a very different perspective on what's happening, find a mentor or two.
0: Thank That's you. what I'd advise
1: entrepreneurs, especially. I thought I don't do not that- I don't think that's i I mean i don't know if it's just entrepreneurs what's your program but anybody just to find an entrepreneur they do a great there's a library in holland holland's a bit sort of left field and quite quite a lot more developed than the rest of the world on a uh, a mental health basis they have Mm -hmm. libraries where you can go and talk to older people because we all have our stories to tell and somebody in their 50s 60s you you don't know the experiences that they've had i mean i i laughed today I, I i built my first website in the 90s um and i remember laptops that were the size of you know cat boxes They, they were. They were <laughs> I mean, you could barely lift them with two hands um those stories that that you know it, it's it's just fascinating i'm not suggesting you go and sort of push up you know sort of mug old people but older people have some interesting stories and they can be some great mentors for younger people not just entrepreneurs
0: yes absolutely thank you thank you for the very interesting fact Um, also that uh, enlightening perspective on um, elders and understanding the the value and the wisdom that they have uh, and also for mentorship knowing how it can help you in life not just your business just Overall, Absolutely. And you'd be amazed what one conversation, one phrase, one word can do. Uh, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, so of course we have to know how can we connect with you to be potential clients for your coaching and experience your unique way and methodologies.
1: My Facebook page is the easiest way to get a hold of. i I'm I'm, I'm not 21 anymore, but I think websites are a bit sort of. 20th, 20th century can i say that so i don't have a website because my work's changing so fast as well so my facebook page is walking with your shadow
0: ah yeah I good.
1: put that into there. facebook walking with your shadow it's all one word
0: okay thank you excellent so john you have truly truly given us a lot to think about when it comes to reconnecting with our emotions finding the feelings behind the desires and the actions that we have gaining a level of, of accountability accountability uh, accountability accountability absolutely uh, yes <laughs> also the value of mentorship um, and taking a step back looking at the big picture uh, at times we are so close so honed in to our vision and our life that we lose perspective and there's so much more that we can gain um from having the bigger picture so of and i, and I think you. that
1: it's interesting what you said there because of covid because it induced fear and fear creates also that might that, that focusing in we lose the bigger picture now how many of us yeah. know our neighbors Mm-hmm. And and COVID, I think you know COVID. There were some terrible things come out of COVID, but I think the, the the silver lining is that people are going. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to do. It's it's an away from value, yes. But hopefully, and I believe it will raise the level of consciousness of humanity. That's my vision: is to raise the level of consciousness of humanity. Hopefully, not one person at a time because it'll take a long time. But yeah, yeah. it's not just. <laughs> you end up you end up becoming microscopic when you when the fear grows you know you're worried about paying the bills you're worried about the virus and the, the the vaccine all this sort of stuff and we end up open it up go out and talk to people
0: yes absolutely thank you so much for that and of course for being a part of another awesome guest episode of the evolvepreneur after hours show before you go, if you like this episode, we'd be very grateful for a five-star review and consider recommending the show to a friend or two. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at EvolvepreneurSecrets.show right now. Until next time, and if you are an entrepreneur, get started on your next great idea today.